Hey guys, I'm Chastity, and this is the Ancient Conspiracies Podcast. Well, welcome to a new Q&A episode. Even though I'm taking a break from the full episodes, I couldn't quite stay away. And over the break, I had a really great question sent to me through my website that I just felt like I needed to share immediately for some reason. But before I proceed, I want to make it clear that the responses that I'll be giving today are based on my personal perspective. So you can take it with a grain of salt if you like. So I had this question come in that I've been actually asked before, but this time it hit a little bit differently and I felt the need to address it. The person asked, I've heard a lot of people talk about religious and life-changing experiences using psychedelics. I'm wondering how that fits into ancient practices and whether it would be considered of God or of more pagan traditions. Were mushrooms present in God's original creation, or are these a result of tampered DNA from the fallen angels? Is there any legitimacy to the experiences people have had, and are they godly or sinister despite feeling religious? Well, I really enjoyed receiving this question because it's one of those things that are typically not allowed to be asked in church. It's more of a voodoo topic that's better left untouched in the religious realm. And before I issue my response, I want to make it clear that I have no personal experience with drugs or psychedelics. So when it comes to this topic specifically, I'm speaking from an outsider looking in. But believe it or not, I've been interested in this topic for a few years. And my drug fascination of choice has always been ayahuasca. Now, I don't remember how I stumbled on the topic of ayahuasca years ago, probably in some documentary. But for those who aren't familiar with it, it's a combination of plants. And if I'm remembering correctly, it's two separate plants, a vine and some leaves from a shrub, that when combined produce DMT, which creates a psychedelic experience. And people who have experienced ayahuasca come away from their experience experience with what can only be described as a life-changing circumstance. People who were suicidal come away with a new outlook on life. People who were severely drug addicted are set free. And probably the most fascinating stories I've heard are those who witness the spiritual world in the process of their psychosis, all of which describe the exact same beings. And many times they appear like humans, but with the head of a bird, an alligator or a sphinx, the very beings that were carved and depicted in ancient stone petroglyphs or hieroglyphs, very much alive and interacting with humanity in this psychedelic trance. So I personally believe that their experiences are legitimate because they all connect and describe very similar, if not identical, visions. But here's what's interesting, and here's where a line is drawn, in my opinion, as to whether this is a godly experience or a sinister one. The combination of plants that are used to make ayahuasca is fascinating to me. Taken individually and in their natural state, they don't have the same effect on the body. In fact, our bodies produce something that negates the hallucinogenic properties of these plants, which is why they have to be combined in order to achieve the high. One of the plants contains the hallucinogen that our bodies naturally block. And the other plant overrides that blocking mechanism to allow the hallucinogen to work. 
And it's such a strange combination of plants that most people wouldn't automatically think to mix the two. There would have to be a unique understanding of plant chemistry and human physiology to have known the exact plants to mix in order to override our body's natural defense of these chemicals so that people can even achieve a high. And it's for that reason that it seems a bit suspect to me. It seems very plausible that this is the exact kind of knowledge that could have been given to humanity by the fallen angels. And that also makes me think that these drugs are the very knowledge that was described in the book of Enoch and taught to humanity on how to access the spiritual realm. After all, many shamans and even witch doctors use these drugs and potions themselves in order to gain insight from the spirits. And many of them also exhibit signs of possession in order to access such knowledge. So whereas I do believe that God created all plants for our benefit, I don't believe that he created them for the purpose of accessing him or accessing hidden knowledge. So when they're promoted as a means of achieving peace or enlightenment or for learning cosmic knowledge about yourself or the universe, then I lean towards it being a fallen angel deception. It's a trap. And I take a very Protestant stand on this topic in that I personally believe that we have 24-7 access to God and his knowledge through prayer and through his word. It's freely given. There are no rituals or hindrances that keep us from accessing him. So when something is required, like drugs or alcohol or whatever the vice, in order to access something else, like insight, knowledge, a life-changing experience, or even something as simple as just peace, then that's always my hint that it's probably not from God. In fact, if you think about it, it's really an incredibly deceptive way of substituting God with other things that oftentimes create addiction instead of achieving true breakthrough. So that's just my perspective on the topic of drugs. Sorry, I couldn't offer more information on mushrooms specifically, but in my studies, ayahuasca is the psychedelic that I've always been fascinated with because of this unique combination in order to achieve not just a high, but access to spiritual enlightenment and knowledge that many also claim to receive. And that's always been a bit suspect to me. But I hope that helps answer your question. And there's one more thing that I want to address before we end and also before we go into the new year. Every now and then I'll have someone leave a comment on Spotify challenging me when I've contradicted myself. The most recent one pertained to the Jewish calendar. In the earliest episodes of my podcast, I promoted a lunar calendar as being a calendar originating from God because the Jews have monitored the moon cycles for millennia. And because they're God's chosen people and the knowledge was given to them directly by God, I grew up with that understanding. And in the early episodes, that's what I believed. However, 
As I've grown throughout this process and studied over the last year, it's become evident to me that this may not actually be the case. The Essenes promoted that the original calendar given by God was based on the sun, a solar calendar, and not a lunar calendar. And after learning about their knowledge and all the prophecies that they made of future events, along with their predictions of the coming Messiah, all of which came true, not to mention the possibility that they may have been the only Jewish faction of priesthood to recognize Christ as their Messiah and become his followers. It made me question whether they were correct. And I could go on and give you a hundred reasons for why I've changed my mind on this topic or many topics. But the point is that I reserve the right to be wrong. Throughout my podcast, I have never claimed to be an expert. I'm a studier. And when I started this podcast, it was originally intended to share connections that I was finding in my personal studies. But believe me, in the very beginning, I had no idea what God was going to uncover throughout this process. I had no idea the deep connections that were woven throughout all of the topics and the history that we've uncovered in this podcast. I literally let the Holy Spirit guide me as I studied, and in many cases, I was learning this history right alongside my listeners. And therefore, the things that I thought I knew in the beginning have changed as more have come to light. So I claim no expertise in any of the topics that we've covered. In fact, I can't even claim that the knowledge that I've shared is original or something that I came up with on my own. I simply find the puzzle pieces that others have uncovered and I put them together to offer a greater picture for my listeners. That's the only thing that I can claim credit for contributing. And I personally think that growth is a good thing. I think that being wrong is humbling. I have never desired to be right or to push any sort of narrative. I am searching for truth. And in any investigation, there will always be things that you surmise to be true based on the information that you have, but that later are proved otherwise by new information that you uncover. And we live in a world where everyone is trying so hard to be right that we forget to be humble. We forget that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to grow in our beliefs and to change our minds. It's okay to surround ourselves with people who don't think like we do because it ultimately makes us stronger. It makes our faith stronger, our patience stronger, our grace and mercy stronger when we have a chance to exercise it on those around us. And I promote this platform and also our Facebook group as a no-judgment zone where people can ask hard questions without being criticized for curiosity, where people can converse with others who disagree with them, but do it in a way that's respectful and with understanding that not everyone in the world sees life like we do. We're all in various stages of the journey, and we come from many different religious backgrounds, nationalities, age ranges, and even walks with God. Some are baby believers, some are seasoned believers, some are non-believers, and some are returning to the Bible and God after being hurt by believers in the past. We live in a world that's constantly trying to divide us because of our differences. But if we could ever see that our differences, when combined, make us stronger as a body of Christ, and if we could ever encourage diversity rather than belittling those who think differently from us, 
then there's no telling what the church as a whole could accomplish. But we have to stop calling out the speck in our neighbor's eye. And I personally encourage growth and study and being wrong. And I reserve the right to change my mind. And I see it as a strength and not a weakness or a deception. So I just wanted to address that for those who've been concerned that I'm contradicting myself on those rare occasions. I would have replied to your comments directly, but unfortunately, I'm unable to respond to reviews through the platforms. I can only read them, but you're always welcome to reach out to me through my website and I can respond from there. And on that note, if you have any questions you'd like me to answer, you also can reach out to me on Facebook or through my website, and I'll do my best to answer them in a future Q&A. My Facebook and website details can be found in the description of this episode. If you've enjoyed today's content, you can support the podcast by becoming a listener supporter or by leaving me a review on whichever platform you're using. And as always, make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and share this podcast with a friend. We'll see you next year.